podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, Gareth Roberts, uh, Rob Gutman and Charlotte Campbell with me uh, for the next hour to talk about Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1 and other matters arising from that sort of thing. And first thing to take from it really is that it's it's a strong showing from Liverpool, Rob. Um, in a, while simultaneously, I'm not sure if they ever properly, maybe 15 minutes in the first half, ever properly got out of fourth gear uh, and were able to beat a, a contender for the top four places in the end by, by two clear goals. I don't know what gear we got got out of, actually, Neil, because I think we're taking it for granted just how well we play in these kind of games when the challenge is in front of us. I think, we, you know, we're proper... If, if that's fourth gear, it's a high-octane fourth gear because we absolutely blitzed them. But we got the job done. And and once again, these it, it, it felt like... I mean, OK, we probably played better against Spurs and Spurs could have been 4-0 down at half-time. And it, that was a better performance than the Arsenal one. But we play really well against Arsenal then. And the good thing is that we control a game that may go against us for a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be decrying it in any way, shape or form. I'm not decrying it. You are in a roundabout way. You're diminishing it, shall we say. Um, no, I no, I think it was a really, really good Liverpool performance. I mean, fate, fate deals us a hand with them getting a goal back. But at the end of the day, we deal with that. Come away, get our goal. And, and what a heroic what, Anfield moment that is. Well, we'll come on to the third goal in a minute, Charlotte. One of the things to take when Rob sort of says there, you know, they get the goal. They do get the goal. But then when you look at it back, the game, you notice that there's, there wasn't there was a couple of little surges from Bellerin late on in the second half, but there wasn't really a point where you thought, oh no, we're really up against it now. He's having to make save after save after save. We still seemed in command. You felt like you know the third's fantastic, but you feel as though Liverpool would have won two one anyway. Yeah, and I'm usually one to panic if we if we go two one. Usually my head's gone and I think right that's it. I didn't even have that this game. I just thought right fine two one. I'm, I'm annoyed that we haven't kept the two nil, but but I think that had a lot to do with there were early, early tackles from Lalana that stopped everything. There were there were times where they could have broke and, and we would have been gone and it would have been like what it what it has been against Swansea. But Lalana Lalana went in on quite a f- quite a few uh, midfielders quite early on to stop every single break they could have had. The aggression from Lalana was noticeable, certainly in the first half, Gareth, and it was this this the, the, Liverpool were set up a little differently. Ronaldo yeah. was a bit deeper. He was helping Chan a bit more. But what that meant was that meant Lallana had to pick his moments to go, win the ball back, cut off supply, cut off lanes. I think his performance for the first hour, and then he's fabulous for the goal. His performance for the first hour was about as good as he's played in red. Yeah, I thought he was tremendous. Um, I mean, I, I'm a fan of his anyway. I know some people aren't, and, and that sort of clouds the judgments a little bit. Perhaps I'm the other way, and, and, and perhaps I've given him too much... Uh, you know, good vibes sometimes, but no, I thought he was brilliant. And 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 you know, he all the stuff that Klopp said afterwards. You know, he leads the press. He led by example. Uh, we know that he can do all the fancy stuff, <laughs> the the Cruyff turns, the the through balls. He can hit a good shot, but just you know, it's it's a thing I've said before loads of times that when you go to match it, like the the very least I want to see from all of them is a hundred percent effort. Like leave the pitch with not on left, and and that's exactly what he did. And I think, I think. His performance, lead, you know, leads other people to perform in the same way, in the same manner. And Arsenal just couldn't get going. I mean, they had the ball, but they never. I, I never felt threatened by them. And I, I mean, I, I wonder how much their spirit was affected by the whole Sanchez thing as well. It was, it was probably a good time to face them in respect of that because you know, before the before the games even kicked off, as soon as you see he's not in the team, you know, he's by far their best player there. And to not see him in the team, given what he's done in the Premier League this season then it's 1-0 to Liverpool in a way already. And then, you know, they can't get out. Um, I thought it was quite mad that they had Jury on the pitch and then 
don't really play to Juru's strengths very much. Um, and it, it did it did feel fairly comfortable to me. I wasn't impressed by Arsenal at all. I mean, I know you know they're obviously a good side and they are where they are in the league, and it was a crucial one for us to win. But no, I didn't feel like I I didn't feel like at any point that we were going to lose the game once once we were one 0 up. Really, I mean, I think it, I think it helps us obviously to score so early as well. I think you know we, we all come out of there bouncing and made up, not least by that that third, but. It was it went well for Liverpool in terms of Liverpool's confidence. I mean, I think if you go one that one nil down after the way things have gone recently, then that would have been a completely different test. Um, you know, they felt they looked like they felt sorry for themselves a little bit at Leicester. Uh, this went the other way, and it ended up being one of them roaring home performances. And everyone's now, you know, bolted that onto other performances against big teams and saying, well, can Liverpool do it against Burnley now and all that sort of thing? Um, I, I I think, and I'm hoping I'm going to be proved right here because we're going to beat Burnley, that the that they, we will rephrase this this sort of this algorithm that we're good against the the good, bad against the bad, and look at it about preparation time, but not just we need loads, we need the right <laughs> balance of preparation time. I felt that 16-odd days or whatever it was, there was a risk there that it would make it weird it could have made it good, weird, or bad. Arsenal have had a break as well, haven't they? Twelve, I think. They... Yeah, so so maybe you know maybe they're affected. That's not our problem. No, um, no. I I um I think we'll come to see this. I mean, I, how bad? How good are we against the good? Bad are we against the bad? Well, I'm not sure. We'll have to balance up the statistics at the end of the season. We've had a very bad run, and I think that distorts it. People weren't saying we were. We can't play against little teams in the autumn. When and we I were think beating you, them all over. You the add shop. to that because. That is the narrative, and I've stopped that too. But actually, we've played the bad teams at the wrong times because we played Swansea when they had the revival from Clement. We have mm. Leicester when they've got the bounce. So Hull. Hull. Uh, so start of the season, we we were putting these guys to bed. Watford was, what was it, 6-0, 6-1, something 6-1, yep. I think that's become a bit of a narrative, and it probably sticks in the player's head because it just feels like, all right, here we go again, right. Fine, easy. We can beat Arsenal, but that, that's just—it's not logical to say, yeah, we can be amazing against the best teams, but we're just terrible against against the bad teams. There is a logic to football. I, I think the also, I think what it's been painted at is a, as though it's a, we have a tactical problem. Is if a team comes at us and they're open, we can play well. It's not a, it's not actually a factor of them being good. It's the fact that they're open yeah. and that we, our attacking um, setup works for that. But this notion. Again, the notion that we can't play against the, buck, the bus park as the, the, the lesser sides is also a construct of January because we could play against the bus parkers pre-Christmas relentlessly. In fact, we were celebrating how well we were playing against them for a while. Mm. And I almost think some of our views distorted by a, a number of games in January, the two Plymouths, the Wolves and the two Southamptons, where we score, I think, two goals in five or six fixtures. And we did look blunt, but we were at no time did we have a full complement of our front. In fact, I don't think we ever had more than two of our front four in action at, at any yeah. one time. So that distorts the picture. That's that's not to say there've been other days. I think you look at the likes of Hull and Leicester. That's not about bus parking. That's about us being shit and underconfident. <laughs> to use a tennis It's about term. bad. I mean, loads, loads of loads of the, the games that Liverpool have lost as well. I just felt like there's a lot of bad decision making on the day, and not a lot of discipline in terms of yes. how yeah. they were playing. And I thought. Both of those things against Arsenal, they were disciplined in terms of the shape. You could see the shape all the way through. It was solid, it was there. You know, Arsenal were ragged at times. They were terrible on that first goal, which is fantastic for us. But I don't know what they're doing when they're defending that ball. It comes from a mini like goal kick. You know, you shouldn't concede there. 
I think um, one, of, one of the things, though, is that we can beat these smaller teams early on in the season. And I think there is something in the fact that early on in the season, they've got less to play for. They don't know how their season's going to go, so they can afford to be a bit more open. When the season goes on and you get past January, they're now looking at relegation. So they're thinking, we've got to sit back, we can't be open. And it, it, there is something in it that in those times, a team like our team we're going to get counter-attacked on because we go all forward and they can, they, can then, they can then counter. So there is something in that. But I think the way that you fix that is we've got those teams, they're happy to let our full-backs and our defensive mids, they're, they're happy to let them have the ball because there's not much attacking threat in them. So if we, I'm, I'm going down to recruitment again, but if you could get full-backs who have got a bit more attacking threat, then, yeah. then you can't just let them have the ball. You couldn't let a Milner well, and a Klein sit with it. Also, and this is what Gareth mentions there, I'll go back to you on this, Charlotte, when he, he, he said that you know <clears throat> discipline in Liverpool's shape was important, but also what I, well, the other thing that he said, and I think it's the key thing, and I think it's completely nailed on with the uh, with the, the Mane goal. Liverpool's decision-making, I thought, was far better. It was yeah. far, far better against Arsenal. And in fact, I think it's been far better against... And I think if you are looking at... Where the mental side of this, I think Liverpool's decision making has been better in the bigger games. They'll be making yeah. better, smarter decisions. Whether they're more switched on, whether it's more open. But for instance, the, the Firmino pass for the for the Mane goal is a pass that nobody in the ground sees. Nobody in the ground thinks this is the thing to do here. Everybody's saying shoot wherever they're sat, top of the stand, bottom yeah. of the stand, and that I think is what is is what you see, what you see better in these games. And you see it better. You mentioned there from the fullbacks as well, the defensive midfielders. Everyone's decision making I think has been better in these games. Yeah, that's true. And actually, on well, Klopp said it himself. He said we were a lot more compact. It might be that in the bigger games, we are a lot more compact. We're a lot tighter because we're more nervous of what they can do on the counter. So we stay a lot more compact. Lalana can step out. He, he triggers the press and we all go together. Whereas it's in the smaller games, we've been, recently especially, we've been going to the wings, doing crosses in, and it's been a lot more loose. Yeah, I think... I think in the bigger games, because it's faster, you play on instinct. It's when we're stopping to think that we're making bad decisions. I, I don't know. Maybe it's taking the extra touch that you that you do because against the deeper teams makes you 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 uh, that apply that with that thought process. Um, I, look, it's as old as football itself that teams rise raise their levels against big sides. But we've done more than raise levels. As Klopp, Klopp made an interesting point. He said, you know. Why is it a problem that we can beat all we can beat all the big sides? Not just the odd big game, we can beat all the big sides. I think we've got something ridiculous like 19 points from 27 against the top six. It's something, it's, it's yeah. crazy. That's that's not just a, it's not just an aberration. He'd I think in what he was saying is I'd rather have the job of fixing how to beat the shit than having to be able to beat the big sides. And long may it uh, not long may it continue, but I agree. I think there's something in that as well because I mean you know we all we all hope or I would hope we all hope uh, that we're playing Champions League football next season. And if we are. The likelihood is you play decent sides, and if you've got if we've got a record of beating decent sides, it's not a bad thing to take into no. the Champions League. And you know the likelihood in cups as well. The likelihood is that when it gets to the business end, you're playing big sides, and so if you're able to beat big sides on a regular basis and not get knocked out by crap ones, but you know. That's a good habit. That's well, a good thing to develop. Under under Rafa, actually, with a different tactical uh, setup, we developed that habit in a way. He, he he had managed to make us so compact and so disciplined. I think against those big sides, that we were always ready to win a game and protect the nil the nil that we had. This 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 side goes as it from a different approach. It goes well. We're just so devastatingly quick on the counter. Uh, so the fact that it's a big game, you're going to be vulnerable to us. I thought it's a big, it's a big big weekend in the Champions League qualification stakes. By the way. Come on to that in a minute. I want to go back to what Gareth was saying there with reference to this game about sort of that, that, that focus and that ability against these good sides. I thought right the way through the middle of the pitch, you saw good performances uh, from the Reds. Uh, Matip, uh, Emery Chan, uh, Vinaldum, Lallana, Firmino. Clavin. I think, Clavin. Clavin, yeah. I think they, all, they all 
impress through yep. that spine. I think that's where Liverpool win the game. They win the game through virtue of, of, of what each of those players are doing. And they're all quite difficult to deal with and to counter in their own way. Uh, especially on our start. We'll start with the front man on this one. Uh, Firmino is he's occupying both centre-halves all the way through the game. They don't know where he is. He's also pulling in a defensive midfielder. He plays in that little half space that they don't like. And suddenly that's... When he gets on the ball, he's apart from one awful time he gave it away. He's, yeah. he's, he's unbelievably neat and tidy, shifting shifting it around the place. It's quite That's their goal, isn't it? That's their goal, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's chasing back. He's quite, you know, he's. Uh, I can't. I, I I was really impressed with him at the weekend again, and it's not for the first time this season. It's not for the first time this year. I think there is a bit of a thing that's grown up around, and that he's had a bad, a bad few months. I actually don't think he has. He just hasn't had a great few months. I think he still, for instance, scores two against Swansea and looks really lively. But he's so impressive. On Saturday years, I think um, I think some of the criticism that's come his way is, is, is simply about figures. You know, if he's playing through the middle for Liverpool, um, I'd I'd think he should be getting a few more goals here and there. And I'm, and as much as he played well on Saturday, I'm still like I don't know. He's not he's not absolutely a hundred percent clinical. I don't think in terms of in front of goal always. Do you know what I mean? Regularly, consistently. Uh, what he is brilliant at, and what I thought he was great at on on uh, Saturday. Is he, he's he's just a great out, you know. To, you give it to him, he hardly ever gives it away, and and he's hard to get off the ball, and he gets Liverpool out. You know, he'll just he'll, he'll take one or two sometimes in the in his own half. Then he lays it off, and then he's away, and that's so important to to get you out, to get you on the. That's where Arsenal struggled. I thought, you know, they they, they could never they never Giroud wasn't doing anything for them. He just ended up standing there on his top up front. Lame duck, you know, not 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 providing anything to the game really. Whereas you know we had we had the energy of Firmino, and yeah, he was fantastic. You know, the ball you mentioned as well, superb. Even the goal as well. I've not not heard many people sort of talk about that. I think it was just sort of taken as a given. But it, he finishes that well to, to get the lift on it. You know, to get it over the keeper. It's perhaps not as easy as people think. That. Do you think the touch is deliberate that, that takes it... Because it puts the defender on his ass, doesn't it? Yeah. If you, some people think that's a slightly skewed touch. I'd like to think he almost meant that. To put, to put, to put the... Well, his touch in general is amazing, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's I mean, incredible. I mean, yeah. that, that was what I think Klopp referenced it after Leicester, saying you sort of knew it wasn't our day there, in a way, mm. when there was one where he had... You know, it, it, it's ran off four yards when he's trying to bring it down. You're like... That's not him. That's not him, no. His hold-up play is a bit underrated as well. Wasn't, it, wasn't he involved in the hold-up play for his goal? I swear he headed it out and then it came back to him. He, he was doing that all over the pitch. I, he, he's a lot better at that than people give credit for. I know that people say, and you're one of them, that you want a big man to, to hold it up like a Chris Wood or something like that. But Firmino does that better than you think. And when Very it comes so. together, it, it, it went really well on Saturday. And that's an important thing to point out is, is what you, but the pair you're saying there, Gareth, Gareth and Charlotte, in terms of the fact that he is coming deep and he does link it up and he holds it and he spins. And I think that, you know, he's and he's very good, as we discussed on our on our immediate post-match show, as, as Ben Johnson points out, he's very good at that little shove. That little shove that just gets him two yards. Suddenly, he's, he, and this is my, my thing on Firmino, is I'm, and I said it and I'm going to keep saying it, is that I'm tired of the talk that he's not a number nine. He's a number nine. Now, he might be a number nine, he maybe doesn't score enough goals. Mm. But he's a number nine. He's not this this idea that he can come he can come and play your game twenty yards deep. But he just can't. He doesn't. That's not that's not who he is or the sort of player that he is for me. I think that's. And he I doesn't think that, enjoy it. There, doesn't does enjoy it. No, and I think he I think he likes that. He, he he wants all of this battle that you're referring to in terms of he wants to beat the centre out. He wants to be stronger than him. He wants to win his headers. That's what he is. And I'm I'm really I think the only reason I think well I think there's a couple of reasons, but I think that the main reason why we're, there's still sort of conversations around him as though. 
the manager himself said he's a centre forward this fella he is mm. a centre forward he's a forward who plays in the centre he is a centre forward and if we're going to play 4-3-3 and we're going to have Roberto Firmino on the books then that for me is where he plays and then everything else becomes a conversation around what alternatives to him you want or what you want around him and on the numbers thing I take your general point but to me he looks like someone who could next season turn around and bang 20 he could get 20 league goals it wouldn't surprise if you said you know if you said to me right now he gets 20 league goals last next season I wouldn't be laughing it out there is he on the 9 gaff. now though he's, he's on 9 or 10 I think he's just hit double things I can play devil's advocate here I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of his and I don't disagree that his numbers are potentially big I think his numbers were brilliant at one point in last season and, and coming into the early part of this season the reason I don't think he scores truly prolifically is he doesn't get enough shots away in a game he's not actually looking to and that's why I don't think he's a natural centre forward and I don't think this is a bad thing by the way I think he's a central fulcrum attacking player he's not a wide player he, he some some games he's number ten. Sometimes he's um, uh, he is a, he is a nine at times against Swansea. It was a classic nine performance, and sometimes he's a hybrid of the two. But I mean, what's interesting is for for not Coutinho gets. I think I don't know what the stats are, but I'd imagine Coutinho gets more shots away than Firmino uh, the other day. And I think that often happens. I think Firmino, there are days where Firmino's the one who's getting the shots away. There are days where Mane's the one getting the shots away. That's why I think what's worked so well about that front three. Yes, it's right to say Firmino's central. But whether he's whether we can ever fully say you're the striker, I don't know. It's it's, it's he's a complex, sophisticated player. He's a centre forward, not a striker. And that's <laughs> not. But I mean, words mean things. He is go, a forward who plays. Explain, then. He's a forward who plays through the centre. He is not a striker. He's not Harry Kane. And my, the, sure, frustration, agreed, the frustration agreed, yeah. with him is that he's not Harry Kane and he's not Lukaku. Well, he's not. No. No. But no. he's doing all these other things yeah, that they amazing. that they do to a certain extent. Kane more so than Lukaku. Mm. But if you therefore you, you've got a decision to make. You either, for instance, so uh, here's a much better example. Jermaine Defoe is a striker. Yeah. But he barely touches the ball. If he's not in the penalty area about to stick it in the back of the net, he barely touches the ball. Yeah. And I don't think we want Jermaine Defoe to be playing every single week for Liverpool. We don't want that because we know we need all of our players to contribute all the time, Gareth. So I think you end up in a situation where you've got a decision to make, really. If we can go and get someone who can do everything that he does as a, as a footballer, everything that you see him do against Arsenal, and who happens to also be Harry Kane in terms of the goal return, then obviously you buy him. That's a no-brainer situation. You go and buy a player who's absolutely phenomenal. But... I think, and this is, I think, something we're going to have to sort of get to grips with collectively. The manager wants this fella to do all this. He yeah, believes in the suitability. He believes style. in this process. Yeah. This is what he wants. He wants this fella. And so the idea of someone who gets more shots off, but they're not going in as much, or sorry, they're not going in because, and he's not really offering anything else for him. It's not what he's going to want. And that, so I think, you know, if, if listen, if he can go and get Lewandowski as an example, and it works for whatever reason, I think he'll do it. But he's not going to. I don't think he's going to compromise on that unless he gets the all rounder. No, it's a suitability to style thing, isn't it? I mean, that's why that's why Sturridge hasn't got his game as, as much as Firmino's got his game, and you know, and at the same time as well, it seems it seems. I mean, I, I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit here, but you know, I look at Firmino's figures, and as I say, I say I, I say to myself, well, he's playing through the centre for Liverpool. We create a lot of chances. We're not shy on scoring goals. Why doesn't he get more of them? But then. We're not shy on scoring goals. Scoring goals. We're, there isn't a problem in scoring goals. Man, you know, Mane's got twelve. You know, and he's he's play, he's he's not playing centre forward. It's missed a month. So, so it's it's what and he missed and he, a month. And he missed a month. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there isn't there isn't 
a problem with scoring goals per se. It doesn't seem. Well, I, I would slightly disagree with that. And now I'm arguing against myself. And isn't it fun? And we all have a lovely time. Uh, <laughs> it's my footy's not easy. It's my footy's not easy because, Charlotte, the thing is that what Liverpool don't do. Liverpool should be 3-0 up at half-time against Arsenal. Mm. Liverpool should be taking the game away from Arsenal, which is, for instance, what someone like Harry Kane does for you. Is from you know Either side of half-time against Stoke, he just takes the game away from Stoke. The football match is no longer any of their concern. It's all done. And that's where maybe what someone who what Liverpool need to be better at, whether that's with one player who's more prolific, whether it's, you know, Coutinho misses a couple of, well, one's very well saved, but a couple of very good chances in there. You know, Liverpool do need to be able to... And also to score, be able to score when the, against adversity, against the smaller sides where it's been difficult this season. That's what's been lacking, really. Not the idea of goals. There's goals. Liverpool put the ball in the back of the net, but it's all the other bits. Yeah, uh, it's just about what you sacrifice in order to get that man on the pitch. Because, that, I mean, I'm looking at people. There are, I, I saw calls for people like Lorente to be brought in because of what he can do. Did Have you said that? No, all the others did. Yeah, I'd have Lorente tomorrow, but I'd never start. What, as an him. option? Oh, yeah, yeah, never start. Yeah, 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 which I think is what he's sort of trying to do with Origi. But to be honest, I, I, I still don't think that, that that's what we need. And I, know, and I know it is an argument, but I'd be looking at people like Aguero, which sounds mad right now, but... Aguero, Aguero's been out of favour for a long time. He's not going to want to come and be number two to Bobby Firmino, though. <laughs> <laughs> so him and Sanchez as our squad players. Yeah, like Sanchez that. can be on the bench. Sanchez yeah. and Aguero is a whole new dawn. Yeah. Well, Sanchez, Sanchez is the dream. Sanchez does does everything that you want him to do in terms of what Firmino can do. In ter- he does he he tracks back, and yet he's a, he's a bit more clinical than Firmino. Can't Liverpool just bid fifty million and a penny just just for the needle? I buy <laughs> Sanchez and I play him left wing. I'm all this because I, I actually yeah, think I this is where I always end up yeah. with this conversation. I actually think the problem's Coutinho. And I think the problem's Coutinho because I think you're able to look at Mane and think he could get you 15 to 20. You can look at Firmino and, get, and think he'll get you ooh, 13 to 20. The Coutinho issue is that he doesn't look like he's going to get you 15. And if your front three contribute 45 to 60, if that's the, that, that's the ballpark you want to be in, I don't think Coutinho is going to, going to function as part of that. And I thought you saw the same at the weekend. It's Coutinho, as I say. Gets, I mean, it's partly because he does brilliantly to kill the ball the way in which he does. So it's, it feels like it's unfair, but he should then score. So you're and playing Coutinho in the midfield? And then use him as a midfield. Well, use right. him as an option across the board you've got the you know you, I mean we've got hope, thinking we're going to have loads of games we want to be in the Champions League we want to be able to get a result against Porto on Wednesday night and beat Burnley in the half 12 kickoff on Saturday the way to do that is to be able to to be able to make three or four well yeah. of you from four change two maybe three with quality options and I th- for me that's the that's I think where he might be wrong up. in his goals per minute you know I tell you what, what Coutinho's one he, of the biggest he, problems he was on until he scores a consolation against Leicester he was on none in 11 I'm quite comfortable with my criticism. Uh, well, uh, okay. Look over the last 24 months. I'll do a go- if you do a goals per minute, and then you, if you assume he had a fit season, he'll get you your 15. I'll gar- in fact, I'll guarantee you that without even looking at him. The, one of the biggest problems we've had with Coutinho is he's proven he's he has injury-prone spells, and then he has that comeback phase, which is difficult, where he's protecting his body a little bit. But I mean, before that, in before the injury, he's got something. He's got about nine or ten, hasn't he, or eight or no, nine? He's got, I think he's only got five or six league. Okay, I'm thinking all comps then, but still, go. I'm looking at goals. Let's have a look after afterwards and we'll settle this one. But I'm pretty sure if you give him, if you give him a full season, you get your 15 goals. I don't want to give him a full season. I expect that the cut and thrust of that lads are going to get injured, they're going to be okay. in and out, they're not going to play all the league games. I'm saying that Liverpool need to feel from those front three positions they can get 45 to 60. Whoever's filling them, and that that's the question at the minute, and that's the the Firmino the Firmino question is that if you know what I mean. Because if if then it, you're not able to do that, then it becomes well, you're better off just basically looking for one lad who gets you 25, 30, and everyone. 
hope that other lads chip in. Mm. And that's and that's literally, and, and again, as Gareth says, there's no easy answers. This is literally managers making but the decision think, week in, week out. Do you think Liverpool team. will do it? I mean, you know, like like say, you know, Charlotte says Aguero and like I'd, I'd, I'd go to town for a week if we bought Aguero, but I don't think it's going to happen for a number of reasons. But one of them, one of them is that it it cost absolute top whack, and therefore, what does what you know? What, what's Liverpool's budget in the summer? I don't know. No one knows. But that'd be a big chunk of it. <coughs> and, and when you're already scoring goals, like yeah, we exactly. were just talking about, then you're not going to go and spend sixty on on Aguero as much as we'd all love it. And and I think I liked what Klopp said after the game about. I mean, we all got car- carried away. I went to town and I, I was out till four in the morning, which wasn't the plan. But, you know, it, it felt like a while, even though it wasn't that long. But you know what I mean? It, it felt like a, well, thank fuck we won there. Do you know what I it's mean? It's only two wins in 2017. You've got to enjoy these well, nights. exactly, yeah. So it, 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 yeah. it just sort of felt like, you know, a big let off that we'd won. You know, felt really important in terms of the season and keeping the season alive. And so, yeah, why not? Um, but sort of, Klopp said something along the lines of, like, as much as, you know, you could have said we'd, we'd sell everyone after Leicester. That doesn't now mean they're yep. all brilliant either, and and the, so he's also said like the the truth lies somewhere in between, and I think I think where it still worries me slightly if I'm if I'm to to go a little bit negative about what I saw is what Charlotte said before about the full back still. I wonder whether you know playing a right footed fella on the left all season is starting to come to pass a little bit because there's so many times he checks. To go the other, and you just think if you had a left footer there, putting it in first time, we might have one or two more chances here. Same on the other side, Klein. You know, I, I like him. He's solid. He's reliable. When he gets in that final third, though, he's frustrating. I, I think. think he struggled the most on the weekend. Mm. I'm a big fan of Klein, and he is really, really consistent. But I think he struggles, and still attacking. I'm not sure about him. And even Milner, I thought Milner had a good game, but he got shown a few. T- I, I know Klein was against. He, he was up against Sanchez, so that's hard. Milner got shown a few times by people like Bellerin. And Bellum's got tons of pace. He's got tons of pace, but I, it was it was pulling the midfield back towards back towards yeah. Milner, and it was. It, I think he struggled. The threat. I mean, the, th- the interesting thing is that it's criticised both of them. I think it's harsh, and the reason why I think it's harsh is because because Sanchez comes on with a point to prove, and he sets up one goal, but he doesn't get a lot out of Klein. And I take the wider point about you know obviously we'd like to, we we want our fullbacks to be Cafu going one way and Jamie Carragher going the other, but. I think he got his job done second half climb, but Milner, I agree. I thought, and I thought that w- w- part of the the result of moving Origi, bringing Coutinho off, was that suddenly Firmino looked like he was struggling massively with Bellerin going past him. The midfield's all having to work harder over, so that shape slightly pulled out, and Milner's getting done for pace. And I think that the Milner concern for me is not even the right foot. For me, it's it's that you can have a bad ten minutes up against a lad who's quick. Mm. A I lad who's quick can do. He can, was running back towards him. goal quite a few times. Yeah, can hurt him. Well, it's, it's that he can be. You know, there's a risk that he gets laced going that way, and there's no, there's little chance that he laces his man going the other way. A quick full. You know what? There's not a lot. Danny Rose wouldn't put right for us as a fullback. He's not that quick, James Milner. No, I think, but I think he's. He, I think he's. He's good at getting past people. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. weird at getting past people. Like he does it very, very slowly. Like he's going through treacle, but he can't get the ball off him. I know, and that, but that that helps if he's got if he's got one of the front three there to sort of you know overload with him in that position. Look, I mean, I don't know who no nor springs readily to mind, but um, it's, it's, I think we can often not overplay how unimportant the fullback position is. I wonder in a system like Klopp's, just how important is an attacking sense as much as any of you have. This is, but you saw it at the weekend that you know you talk about a system like Klopp's, Gareth, and again it pulls us back to talking about Firmino to talking about Lallana. You can't carry any passengers, and no, I think no. that's been a bit of a problem for us 
in the other games, but let's talk about this game, is that you got you got to see that when this Liverpool side plays well, and I think that they, this is what they do to the opposition, what it means is suddenly the opposition can't carry any passengers either. Shaka doesn't get 20 minutes to sort himself out and play himself into shape. Uh, you know, you look right the way across the pitch there, uh, Welbeck it doesn't get the chance to, to influence the game in any way, shape or form. He can't come in and get involved and get stuck in. And I think that's the... The thing about this Liverpool side, when it is all motoring, when it's pairing, and certainly through the middle of the pitch, you, you, no one can be carried on the opposition side. But not these Liverpool lads have all got to be at it all game as well. Yeah, and when they are at it, like as you say, they're they're, they're a nightmare Liverpool to deal with. Um, I mean, you know, as much as I'm happy to slaughter Arsenal for that performance, because as I said earlier, you know, I did I didn't see anything there to that worried me. And I, and if I was an Arsenal fan, I would be I would be worried. But yeah, I think Liverpool when they're on it like that. Very hard to deal with, and like you said, there was no passengers, was there? I mean, you know, the, the worrying one, I think the one we were all talking about before you go in the ground and everything else when you're chatting through the team with your mates, everyone's a bit like, hmm, Emery Chan, not sure about him, you know, turns like the, the Titanic, all that, all the usual ones. But I thought he was brilliant, I was made up with him. Like, you, you might know, know re- really solid performance, good attitude, good character, getting stuck in, you know, the, the, switched on. the yellow, um, you know, fo- following following uh, people all the way down almost into fullback positions and, and winning the ball there as well, everywhere. And like, you know, being a leader as well, you're seeing him talking a lot and stuff like that. And, you know, not only the other week on this, I, I think we were talking about, you know, when Henderson's not about, who is a leader? And it was, it was Milner, wasn't it, with the armband, but... He's not he's not particularly vocal for me. He, he's more a, a leader by you know he's solid, he's reliable, he's always there. He's played for a lot of top clubs and he's played a lot of football, but he's not he's not an organizer. He's not a shouter. Um, you know, Emery Chan had, had the bit between his teeth and like Lalana. That sets a tone for the rest of the team. I think he was out tactically because I think he, I think we, we we changed a little bit as I said before. Yeah, we First did, yeah. half, Ronaldo's close to him, closer than than either of them when they played. Mm. Been to Henderson, the, the helping him out. There was a clear mm. sort of path. I think second half it actually becomes a bit more four three three, and at times you're worried we're going to get overloaded in there. That's one of the reasons why he ends up taking the fantastic yellow, which the referee really should have blown for because he should have admired the aesthetic um, that everything had to come together for that moment to be perfect. But one of them, I thought that you. you, you we didn't maybe help him as much then, but and I was worried about him. You know, we could have got a second yellow, but I I, I thought he was terrific, and I think that it, again the value of of letting of helping a player play through a game a little bit came well, through for me rather than just basically t- tossing them all in and saying you've all got to be eight out of ten here lads all game if mm. not we're in a bit of bother. Now Van Alden really helped him, I think, and, and I thought he was thought he was great again. Um, you know, not just in terms of putting it in the net either. You know, just being clever, knowing when to go. Um, all over the pitch. I mean, look where he runs from for that goal as well. But you know, he's just—he's a really intelligent player, him. And I think, you know, we're, what are we? You're six months into a nine-month season, and I think right now, you know, it's—it's it's crucial for every player in that squad to show why they should be here and why they're important because. Plans will already be underway, I would have thought, as to what they're going to do in the summer. Starting to sound people out and all the rest of it. I don't think Vinaldum has to worry. I think I think Vinaldum has been a good buy. He's someone you build around. He's someone you keep. He's someone who can play in a number of positions and in a number of different ways. He's he's one of the clever players that we keep talking about we need. He, he's he's proven every week to me that he is a clever player. Um, Mane is another one where there's absolutely no doubt that you're keeping him. You know, his, his place isn't up for any question. Absolutely superb once he got going. I thought he had a little bit of a slow start, but some of the others, they, they, you know, there is question mark. And Emery Chan's one of them, I think. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's unfair to suggest that maybe 
Klopp's not sure about him. I think Klopp. I think Klopp loves him. I think he's Klopp's favourite. Oh, he came think? out after. Yeah. He came out after the game and he said the only player that came out with any credit whatsoever after Leicester was was uh, Emery Chan. Yeah. I think. It, I think there's no way that he gets rid of Chan. I think we're forgetting with Emery Chan a couple of things. He started his the age. <laughs> well, yeah, he's quite, he's relatively young still for a, for a cent- central midfield player. Mm. He starts the season, or, but for injury, in pole position for the number six. He says he's carrying an injury as well, didn't he? Well, he may, right may, maybe he has also. I mean, Jordan this Henderson nicks that position off him and, and does exceptionally well. But March to April, May last season, Chan owns that position. We're all gutted when he gets injured. Yeah. He's heroic when he comes. He d- nearly, you shake your head, he played very, very well. Pulling a face rather than shaking my head. Well, okay. he, he play, he's, he's terrific in the second leg against Villarreal, but he's not playing the same position that Jordan Henderson's playing. He's in that Jordan Henderson's on his own, but it was, it was, it was more 4 2 3 1. He had someone next to him. What I think is really, and we'll never know the answer, just on this, you're saying he was in pole position. I think that the manager's decided that if he can get Henderson fit, that's where he's going to play him. I think he's decided at the start of the summer by virtue of the fact that. There was talk of Dahoud, but there wasn't a real attempt to sort of go and snap anybody up. So I, I take you, that's what I'm pulling a yeah. face at. I'm not saying that Emery Chan wasn't, very, sure. okay. wasn't very good at times last season, but even where I think one of the reasons why I think he has a good game against Arsenal is that it's a bit more 4 2 3 1 ish. He has got someone close to him. It's clear how the manager does want to play with, with a fellow who can cover both sides and is, is more mobile than Chan. Not to take anything away from his performance, and also I'd be really disappointed if he left Liverpool in the summer. Really, really disappointed. I, I think he's a really good player, but that, that, that's why I was pulling a face. I, okay, I, I think... On face I th- watch. I th- <laughs> <laughs> this is the joy of radio. Um, I, I think there's interesting degrees of question mark against both him and Wijnaldum. They've both got really high ceilings, but if we're to go to the next phase, they both have to show that... In all environments, in all situations, all type of games, they can be they can be what we need. Chan, Chan, having been on a fast upward curve last season, whether it's been injury or not, has dipped this season, and it was the first sign of a real comeback against us. But only the first sign. Well, actually, let's say let's give him Leicester as well. Wijnaldum, you know, the, the interesting thing about Wijnaldum is Wijnaldum's had some games where we've come out purring. This was another one, but Wijnaldum away from home. Is, is, is not far off the Wijnaldum of Newcastle, the guy who scores at home and sometimes you wonder where he is away from home. And I know that's a bit of a cliche and probably a bit harsh on him, but if I think about the great Wijnaldums for us, they've all been home performances. So I think he has to find a complete version of himself and I think Chan does as well. So Otherwise, he could be squad He's very good at Chelsea, Wijnaldum. In the away, in the away game? Yeah. Can't remember that far back. Don't you think he's asked different things of Wijnaldum though? Because sure. I mean, one of, one of the things that, like, as, like against City, against Arsenal... Vinaldum stands out and he's and he's great and we're all and as you say we're all pairing about him. But like I think it was um was it the F- did he play in the FA Cup game? Wolves. Yeah, I think he did. I think he might have done. It might it might be that one I'm thinking of, I might be wrong, but there was a game where he he sat in the middle, hardly moved, and played loads of short passes left and right. And I remember speaking to my mate afterwards and I'm like, I I can't believe that he's making the decision to play that way. Of his own, mm. you know, his own thinking. It must be the manager said, "I want you to sit and do that. That's your job today." Because remember, he was, you know, he came with a reputation as being like a ten, mm. and then we sort of reinvented them, haven't we? And and it, and it seems like for different games, different opponents, he's been asked to do different jobs at yeah. times. And I almost whether that's been to the detriment, but I think he's, I, I think he hardly ever wastes the ball. And he, he always seems to be in the right place. And he's another one where he's another tone setter for me as well. Like he, he uses his physicality quite well at times, which yeah, he's got a really low I enjoy watching. Gravity, yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 
Okay. Um, other ones mentioned when you, you mentioned Omen and Aaron before when you're looking at the team sheet. Uh, Charlotte is the Clavin selection. Uh, brings him in ahead of Lucas. And I think there's a couple of moments where both centre-halves could do a little bit better. I think they're, they're not necessarily great straight after half-time. But then when Liverpool do calm themselves down, I think that the, you know, across, the, across the course of the whole game, they both do play really rather well. Yeah, I haven't got too much to say on Clavan other than I thought he was great. It's been a bit of a worry because we've, we've been putting Clavan in and then he's not worked out, so we put Lucas in, Lucas hasn't worked out, and you sort of wonder where you go from there. Because really, I think Lovren and Matip are probably the, the dreams, well, the ideal selection, but I thought Clavan was great all game, really, really calm, worked well with Matip. I agree. I, you know, I think it's been a bit harsh on Clavin, the sort of putting him to bed that I think a lot of us have done in the last couple of months. He, he has, he has a, a couple of... Is it Southampton away in the League Cup where he's culpable and then his reputation yeah. seems to fall off a cliff, having been a real more than steady Eddie centre-half for us? Um, I was surprised that, that Klopp... Klopp obviously felt the same way, I think, as most people did. and he, he fell off a cliff in Klopp's mind as well because... Although I understood Lucas coming in against Spurs, I was surprised at his selection against Leicester. It was a different, different kind of game. Um, but that was good for Clavin. I think he's a really good squad centre-half, and I, I like him a lot. I th- there was a point I would have almost preferred him to Lovren in the course of this season. I thought it was better balance between him and Matip. But I am looking forward to seeing Lovren back. I've Still never think we need another centre-back. I agree, totally. Yeah. Totes. Um, OK. I'll... Anyone else I wanted to get on to? We've covered Lallana really quite nicely. Um, well, one other thing, actually, first half, Rob. Mm. Something we hadn't seen a lot of this season, and it's interesting if it suddenly falls in this game. I thought we weren't... People were saying that Arsenal were direct. I didn't think Arsenal were that direct. I thought we were direct. Mm. I thought you saw more of us going really quite long from the back. You mentioned before the opening goal comes from a Mignolet goal kick. We seemed to have a... And again, I think it's completely tactical. The desire to go long, allow second balls to happen, back ourselves to either win the second ball or know to get back in shape. And that sort of mixing it up is actually something that we haven't seen. We don't really do that against Spurs even. you know. We, I thought it was the most direct I can remember seeing. It reminded me a little bit of our performance against Leicester at home last season. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was more direct, I thought. That. I thought we were less fearful about losing the ball. And I think, I think we realised that Losing the ball is, is an asset for us at times because it allows us to press and get it back. The, the, the feature of our attacking play in the first half was we were able to break at will. And you can only break at will if you've lost the ball. And, yet when you, and you're brave enough to lose the ball and be direct. Um, do you know what it looked to me in that first half? Not a million miles different from how we were against Arsenal when we beat them in that 5-1. Even think about that first goal we score. It's not, not that different to the one Raheem Sterling scores. Is that the second or the third? It's the third. Yeah, it, it reminded me of that. Arsenal, Arsenal made all the same mistakes they made that day. Um, and I agree. I thought Arsenal were meant to be being more. I think their plan was to go lot, was to get themselves, give themselves an out ball with Giroud and have the three runners behind them because they all had pace, didn't they? Is it Welbeck? Uh, Ox, the Ox, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Awobi, and Awobi. So it was all, it was all, it was all runners. It was all pace. So that that was. But if anything, we seemed to drop ten yards deep. Certainly, we dropped deeper than we were against Leicester. So they, I wouldn't exactly say we invited them onto us, but I thought we were happy enough for them to come onto us because they they were mired very quickly in that midfield swamp that we'd put in front of them. As you say, with a two rather than a one with Chan and Wijnaldum, and we were nice and compact. And you just thought, well, but when we came out, we were touch touch from word perfect and threw them like knife through butter. Well, yeah. Wenger's been absolutely slated for picking Giroud over Sanchez. And I get it because obviously, you know, who wouldn't want to start Sanchez? But actually, when I saw Giroud on the team sheet, I was thinking, oh, God, it's going to be one of those <laughs> games where they well, go where they go really right. But they just don't play to Giroud's strengths. That's the problem. Well, the, the mad thing for me isn't picking Giroud over Sanchez. The, the mad thing is picking Iwobi over yeah. Sanchez, if you know what I mean. You could just Ooh. have Iwobi and Sanchez in there doing what Iwobi's meant off, to be doing. Yeah. And he can run off. You know, it's not like he's slow. I mean, and Arsenal... They've ended up in such a strange place, Charles. And I'd be 
We're better than them, and I'm. Be- I think we're better than Spurs. And Spurs are playing really well at the minute, and Kane's irresistible, and Ali's playing well, and I understand all of that. But I'm, I'm you know, especially Arsenal though. If you know, if they pull the usual gag here and force the way into the top four, certainly if it's at our expense, but also in general. I've seen every. I've seen a fair bit of everyone this season, and they are the sixth best team in the country. Um, you know, not just when they've played us, but also they haven't hit the heights. Man City have had some games where you've gone, God, these are good, and then the goalkeeper throws it in his own goal. Spurs have played some terrific stuff. You know, you've seen United unbeaten now since the dawn of time and still find themselves in sixth. What I'm saying here is that of all the sides, they really, to me, just look the sixth best Arsenal. They look, they look like there's a bit of a gulf between the other five and them. If I'm honest about it, they do. I think they look. They look sixth best physically and mentally, and I think the problem with Arsenal has always been a bit of a mental block. Um, I still have it in me that I just think they're going to get top four. <laughs> it, it's just what because do. that's what they do. But there is that feeling. I mean, it looks like the Wenger is coming to the end. There's there's more backroom problems this year than there has been for a while with all the problems with Sanchez, a bit with Özil. So it does. I mean, if any season that they're going to drop out, it's this. But I just can't. You, you, just presume, you presume that they're going to find a way. That next week they'll be playing someone who's in the bottom ten. They'll beat them. They'll make they it look relatively easy because they're they good do, at that. Yeah, it is their that. biggest test. Uh, Wenger's biggest test in a way to see this. I think if I was Wenger, I think let, let me get fourth. Let me prove it one last time and let, get the fuck out of dodge here. Because it is a big. If you look to their running, they've got eleven or twelve. I think they've got twelve left, but five of them are against the top seven. I think I'm pr- pretty sure I'm right here. They've got one of the hardest of the runnings, and the balance of aways to homes isn't in their favour particularly either so yeah it's a real test for them I mean you know they are very good at looking down and out even even the season we nearly won the league in 13-14 we trounced them we clawed them back we put them on their knees they looked finished in fact Everton were about it did overtake them at one point Everton beat them at home to go above them I think to go above them they looked they actually and then they just got their heads down they like being away from the limelight and getting getting their results and you know, it's no fluke that Wenger's done this, so anybody writing them off would be nuts. I agree, to this point, very much the sixth best team, but who, who knows? I, I, I just don't see where, like, 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 there's no reaction there on Saturday. To, to, that was strange, yeah. wasn't You know it? what I mean? There's no, there's no, apart from a, a bit from Sanchez, which we've already referenced, and we, we now know, you know, the subsequent news as to why there's that, you know, I'm, I'm going to take on the world here and batter them all type play from him he, he had a point to prove obviously but that him aside there, there was not much you know it's a good finish from Welbeck but it's more you know it feels like when we presented them with a little bit we mentioned for me you know giving it away there's no big reaction from Arsenal there's no you're not under the cosh you know even when that third comes it's like you know big sigh of relief because you know it's done and you've seen Liverpool throw away things at times but it wasn't it wasn't an Arsenal thing it wasn't fearing Arsenal and I don't know. I, I mean, I just think quite a lot of stuff. Ma- exactly. That's that's a, that's a great way to phrase it. If it's two one, and we're playing United, and Ibrahimovic and Fellaini and Rooney, yeah, if these lads are on the pitch. You're thinking, oh, we're, we're going to be in four today. Let's just get, please, just get one Liverpool. Whereas, I, if Arsenal had scored, I'd have, you know, again, hypothetical universe. If you just said to me, Arsenal are just going to score in a minute, I'd go so it's a Liverpool cock up. Then it's not the idea that someone picks it up from twenty yards and just does the decent thing and puts it in the top corner. You know what I mean? And that's mm. I, there was no one, no one there was. I'd fear no one yeah. going into the end of that and. And when the third comes, you know, it's it's glorious. It's, it is a great Anfield goal, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a superb, astonishing, brilliant goal. It's a great celebration. But you're right to say that Arsenal are just... Yeah, the Arsenal, like, the game just sort of happened to Arsenal. When Liverpool scored the third, it happens to Arsenal. They're very passive. They feel like they're very comfortable, the Arsenal team. And that could be because Wenger's been there for so long. It's the same voice over and over again. Even when it, even when it was Fergie at United, he, had, he consistently changed his backroom staff, so there's new voices. But with, Wenger, with uh, Arsenal, 
Arsenal and Wenger, it just feels like it's all very, very comfortable, very passive, season to season. They're going to be all right, but they're not going to do anything outstanding. The, que- the questions are like top, top to bottom, though, aren't they, with Arsenal now? I mean, you've got half the fans, or, or, or however many it is, wanting Wenger out. There's a Wenger out banner again at the game. You know, we see them all on Arsenal TV. I'm not one of the ones who gets stuck into that. I've, I've got no problem with Arsenal TV. You see, in a group of fellas who love the club, and when they come out of grounds, when they're being battered and showed no fight, then they're going to be fuming. And that's what that's what Arsenal TV is capturing. Blood. Um, yeah, blood. But you know what I mean? It's it, it's. I understand why they feel that way, because it must be frustrating when you see a club with those resources, with that ground, with that history, with those teams, you know, all of that. And just year after year, it's the same thing. And then if they do finally drop out the top four... Then I don't know. It, it, it's got to come. It's got to come to fruition at some point that he isn't the man. He can't be the manager forever. He'll die at some point for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Though more tight he comes to us all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it just seems ridiculous that, that that it's just like no, no. We'll rigidly. It's up to him when he jibs it and all this sort of thing. At some point, there's got to be there's life after Wenger. But, Same United, you know, life after Ferguson. The other thing when you say top to bottom, nothing that grabs me that I don't think is being touched upon. I don't know. I think checks had about four months. You know. Every uh, bad like if if Min, if Mignolet concedes that first, I've got to calm Gutman down on this show. You know what I mean? He's, he would call him for everything, and because he's Petr Cech, he's on his ass. Mm. He's on his he bounces off his ass to try to save it the second time. That's how crap he is for it. He's that bad. He, he, he's scrabbling yeah. on the ground because the bad first touch that you reference, he, he anticipates it like it's an effort. He's gone down, and that's why it's important that he lifts it. It is a good mm. finish under the circumstances. Yeah. All Cech's trying to do is having cocked up, just trying to make himself that bit bigger, mm. and. You know, for me, I, it's not the only issue he's had. I think, you know, I, I just don't think he's had a very good four months at all. And, and mm. But because he's Petr Cech, we know that he's worn his history in English football. At the minute, the microscope's not on him, and I think the Sanchez thing and Arsenal and all of this. But I think if it was if, if that stuff wasn't grabbing the line, like people would be going, hang on, this fellow looks like he's dropped off a bit of a cliff here. And I'm I'm not convinced at all uh, at the moment that he's, you know, that he's, that he's, he's in particularly good shape. You're going through the middle of the park, they're still playing Coquelin. All That's the best, what I mean. all the best lads. It's all over. Yeah. It's all over, isn't it? Spent thirty-five million on Shaka again. If we'd have spent thirty-five million on Shaka, every every Liverpool supporter in the world would be slaughtered in the transfer committee, slaughtered in Klopp. Thirty-five million he spent on that prick. I mean, he can't tackle. You know, Sanchez, Sanchez wants to go. Question marks about Ozil. Um, question marks about their genuine, you know, their general ambition and willing to spend money and Wenger's, you know, ambition and willing to spend money and. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic that there's so many questions about another club for once. Well, I, mean, I remember something that Roy Smith once said, which really entertained me, which was that the season um, that Arsenal bought uh, Ozil and he won the cup, and then the following season and came top four, and then the following season he bought Sanchez and won the cup and came top four. And mm. what I mean is, does not, does not this, does not, it's not never any better. Mm. And I don't think that's just the the top four Arsenal vibe. I just think in general, there's so many other just little issues. This some of the spent, however much they spent on Mustafi. And listen, I think he's a decent player, and I think Koscielny's had a better season because of Mustafi. But they don't look any more likely to win anything. They got done five one at Bayern Munich. Yeah, and no, all no. the way through, you're going. When does this change? You know, they spent a lot of money on Mustafi, and and you could even argue now they could do it by another centre half. In the same way, I have this thing with everyone said about us. It's not great that you could maybe say an argument doesn't that we should maybe buy an, buy a goalkeeper, buy a centre half, buy a centre mid, and buy another Mane, i.e. everything we did last summer. Well, you can make the same argument for Arsenal. They could do it by a better Xhaka. They could do it by another centre half. Everything that they've done in the last three seasons, they, they could do it getting another big hitter in attack. Everything they've done the last three seasons, mm. they could just do it doing it again. Last don't season, get me started on Jansen at Spurs either. He's shite. He's awful, isn't he? he I think last season was quietly a disaster for Arsenal. I mean, the, 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 not winning the league last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the fact that they finished second or he actually ex- it, it exemplifies yeah. why it was so shit. It was so there to be won. Everyone else had gone after you, Arsenal. No, honestly, you win it this year, Arsenal, and they still couldn't find a way to do it. It was it was dreadful. I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not asked with Arsenal. I want us to finish. I want us to finish ahead. Well, I, of them. I want them to not be our business, but they're going to be because they're going to do what Charlotte says, which is they're just going to find a way to come back in. I'm annoyed that Arsenal are going to end up being our business because, as I say, I just think we're significantly better at football than. Well, I've, I've looked. I looked. I've, it's the time of season where I'm seriously looking at the odds on where people finish. We're, we're fourth favourites ahead of them, and I think that's reflected not by. I think the reason we've nudged ahead of them in the in the rankings in that if that is a kind of ranking is because of their running. It's tough, and despite the Arsene Wenger algorithm, it's tough for them this time. Uh, we just need to keep our nerve, and I know, for, you know no one's going to be celebrating fourth particularly. But just right now, I think it'd be fantastic for us to to end a good season with well, being yeah. on the, that, that Charlotte on that on the on the celebrating fourth thing or that sort of stuff. I actually, thought there was a funny atmosphere at the grounds at the game against uh, against Arsenal, and that it was nervy because you you know what United have done. You know that Spurs have got Everton tomorrow, and they're obviously going to beat them because Everton are rubbish. They're a myth. They've got you know United, Man City are at Sunderland, and so there's this feeling of you know for, for me, I was I thought the crowd was noisy at times but didn't quite get into it for instance as much as they did the Spurs game but then the celebration of the third was like the craziest yeah. Anfield celebration all season it, it was absolutely mental I thought Every, there was limbs I could see the cop and there was limbs everywhere it was it's funny isn't it the way in which it's 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 it, because because of the fourth place thing it's actually not it's not as clean an aspect of enjoyment if you sort of know what I mean whereas if you're going for something if you're going for the league then everyone is yeah. obviously on fire well, I thought it was a strange atmosphere. I thought it was really quiet, but I don't know if it was nervousness or apathy. I don't know. Even when we came out and won, everyone went, yeah, well, we've won this, but it's Burnley next week. So it wasn't It wasn't so much a, like a, yes, we've beaten Arsenal. Yeah, we did go mad, but I think that the reason that you go, that's the best type of goal, isn't it? When, you, when you're thinking, oh, God, they're going to get a second. And you can here. see it from a mile away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, even before Rigi put it in, I knew. The cat of the afternoon. I mean, that's why. I mean, Spurs was Spurs. I came out of there thinking, "Wow, we're back here." <laughs> False dawn that it proved. Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal because because we've been hurt so recently. You, you wouldn't have come out of the ground, but for that last goal, going, "Wow, we're back." Yeah. Although you know, I, I, I'm up for it again. I it, it was a very very. You big... love the battle for top four anyway, Joe. You prefer it to the league. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I like doing? I like being interested to the end of a season. I'm really yeah, big about that. I'm really about. I love going to the game. And I, and you know what? At the end of the season, do you just imagine it's the last day of the season, and we're either playing for zero or we're playing to finish and, and have fun in the Champions League, and we can get three points against any. Who, who is it? The last game. Middlesbrough at home. Middlesbrough at home, and you finish it, and you've won, and you go. Do you know what? Let's start planning these aways next season. The Champions fucking League. I talked myself into anything. <laughs> that, is, that one's no, not that's right because it's right. You, you know how many times? T- yeah, but how many times as well have you got to that stage? And it is that last game of the season, or, or the last, even the last month sometimes, <laughs> or earlier. And, and and there's nothing to play for, and it's just, it's just becomes a routine going, and it's mm. like you know it's a bit shit this, and then that last day when there's nothing to play for or no meaning to it's awful. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like a crap friendly, mm. and it's like you know, and then they, they do the shite thing walking down the pitch clapping. You've done fuck all, lads. Don't walk around the pitch clapping. Yeah. Fucking go down the tunnel. Get your kids off the pitch. Yeah, get your kids <laughs> off the pitch. Have a word with each other and, and say where the fuck did it go wrong this season? Because I don't want to watch you walking down the pitch. Walk around the pitch at the end with a fucking cup. Yeah. 
However, Let's just hit myself in the face. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be no, I'm not, I'm not, on this. I'm, with, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I la- I'm, I'm laughing at Rob because I watched the end of the Man United game with him at lunchtime, and he was an absolute bag of nerves. Uh, he was an absolute wreck. He was a wreck. Rob, Rob didn't oh, enjoy the one it. All. Yeah, Rob yeah, didn't yeah. enjoy it at all. Oh yeah. Well, do you, actually, do you, I tell you, well, in the big race for the fourth place cup, Neil, that, that it wasn't just the win against Arsenal. It was a big, that's a big swing weekend because United were, that they were bankers for three points. So that we, whereas I, I'd say if you've been sensible, a point was the par for Liverpool against Arsenal given the status of the teams so our swing on United was a four pointer there in terms of the big race um, and on Arsenal it's a three point swing it's, it, we've, we haven't put those two to bed we've gained a major advantage over those two in terms of finishing top four and it's not in this season I'll say this again it's not just about getting in the Champions League because I'd get over not being in the Champions League and equally look forward to the Europa well, kind of, but nah. it's, it's all no. All right, let's let's. I'll park that stupid statement for a minute. It's as much about the the current Liverpool Klopp and Klopp project staying on course. We finish fifth or sixth, and everyone's. There's, yeah, we need to buy players, but there's a few out there who are beginning to murmur about the manager. Then they're talking endlessly about the owners again. And, you know, I'm probably exactly one of them. But we finish top four, and I think we finish with a buoyant. A buoyant attitude, a feel-good factor about the club. We go into into the summer looking at the new signings as bonuses. We hit August again, going, yeah, we can go for the title. Never mind anything else. But there's so much more dough in the in the Champions League, isn't there? I mean, as much as much as we sort of that the purest in you doesn't want to talk about you know facts and figures and money and and balance sheets and all that shite. But it, it's so important to be in the Champions League. The difference between the, the dough there and the dough in the Europa League is ridiculous. And the more Liverpool are out of it, the, the harder it is to ever get there because there's all these players looking at Liverpool going, well, they haven't been in the Champions League for years. They're finishing sixth, seventh and eighth. Oh, in one season they finish second. Well, fuck that. I'm going, I'm going here or I'm going there or I'm going there. And like Liverpool need to get back amongst that elite group regularly and compete with it. Not, not get there and go... Oh yeah, Sand, Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. All right, lads, roll out the red carpet and have an easy win. No, there's that. I agree with you. I'm with you on that. But also, uh, the thing for me is that we're best than Man United and Arsenal. Yeah. And that's my thing is that, if, that if, this, this, if this league table does not end up and we've Ooh. played better football than both of them, and neither of them yeah. are going to hit, hit hit heights between now and the end of the season. If they do it, if they do us, if we end up finishing behind either of those two teams, especially, I think it's purely through attritional picking up a point, Charlotte, winning the games that we're not winning, which we you know, which is why everyone is going well. It's Burnley next weekend and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. But it is purely through just attritionally picking these points up, and that that if anything that does my head in even more. You know, they're, they're not if if they can get it, get through a season without having to hit the heights to finish ahead of us I'll be furious because we played some great stuff we're a better side than both of them yeah the thing with United that is that is doing that for them is Ibrahimovic and that is what may, what makes me look at the summer and think you just we do I, I know we've spoken about Firmino but people like Kane Ibrahimovic Lukaku that's that's what's that's who's picking up the points at this point in the season where they can just bulldoze teams they can get they can get the, the goals out of nothing so I think that I think United are basically wholly reliant on but the score for so few goals, and that's where this question gets interesting. With Kane, you're able to say, well, he's got tons and tons himself, and also yeah. Ali's chipping in. United, I don't think they've scored 40 goals yet in the league, and everyone else above them is on more than 50, including Arsenal. Yeah, well, I, that, 
Because he's, he's slow. You, 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 you've got to play his way. Mm. You've got to play football that suits him. I think it'll be interesting if he gets a ban off the off the uh, elbow at the weekend. He must if they, do, if uh, you think so, but if they look better, I don't think it helps that one of them's away at Chelsea in the, in the FA Cup, and they could have done, probably done with them for that one. But I think they they might look actually look, look slicker in attack if they put pace up there rather than having to work with him. They won't have. They might not be someone who's going to get his return, and this is why this is such an interesting question. That's why you keep coming back to it. They might they might look better as an attacking unit, Rob. Because yeah. I say they haven't scored. They're not free scoring. They're another one-one at the weekend against Bournemouth, and he misses a penalty in there. That for all that that he offers them, which is tons of strength and wins them a cup single-handedly on the one hand. On the other, if there's a problem with Man United this season, it probably is their attack. Yeah, I, I felt coming into the season, and I was worried. I was worried by their potential. I thought they. I thought Ibrahimovic would be a, a bonus player. Their Berbatov maybe you'd come in for, for spells, but be out for long spells. I thought they. Rashford would be allowed to pick up where he left off. I thought Martial would uh, would continue his progress, and he looked stellar at times last season. And I thought Mkhitaryan would add pace and guile. And I thought that would be a, a front three to reckon with. And he's well, obviously Mkhitaryan had an injury and took a while getting going, but he's gone with something much, much more. What's the word? Agricultural. Yeah, yeah, pragmatic. <laughs> Mourinho-esque, just you know. Quite, but not ruthless, but not, which yeah. is the usual Mourinho thing. That normally you're able to Mr. say, "Well, yeah. he's the ruthless," you know. I wonder if they lack outside of Ibrahimovic. Is ironic. I think they lack finishers because the number of times. I mean, I've not. I've not. They've seemed to have drawn about nine at home all season against Makeway and Scott Sides, the Stokes and the Bournemouth, and there's an endless. I think Hull at home, and when. It, Funny enough, they all seem to be on when I'm driving and I'm listening to them on the radio. And they have half an hour where they're missing chance after chance after chance in these games. And then they go dead for an hour. And unless Ibrahimovic sticks one in. So I'm wondering if they, if, if they don't have enough finishers in that team. Do you think they're suffering as well, though, from what happened to Liverpool in, in that? What I mean by that is, remember under Moyes and under Van Gaal, all of a sudden, side every week it seemed like the first time someone's won at Old Trafford in 40 years, 50 years, oh, yeah. 30 years, 20 years. Everyone started winning there. Everyone started getting wins. And so all of a sudden, that, that must go into your head. The next time you go, go I think we can get a result at Old Trafford. We don't have to go there and lie down yeah. like we did previously. And that has happened to them. And I think that, but I think, again, it's the psychological thing. I think it all loops in. I think that there's, you start missing chances because you keep missing chances. You have a reliance on one fella. So you're waiting for this one fella to dig you out. The opposition are more switched on and that brings it on to Burnley, which is that if ever there's a side, a, a small team, in inverted commas, because Liverpool don't do it against the small teams. If ever there's a small team this season that Liverpool should be looking to get something against at home, it is Burnley. They've uh, only picked up, I think it's two draws on the road. They haven't won another game. They haven't won, yeah. They've done really, really well, uh, all things considered at home, because they look relatively safe at this stage of the season, Gareth. But it is important, very, very important, that Liverpool do capitalise off the back of the Arsenal game, not least because the game after that, we go to Man City. And whilst we've got an excellent record, etc., etc., against the bigger teams this season, at some point you're going to lose one. Just just the, 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 the reality of life is at some point you're going to lose one. So if we can have, have took six points from Arsenal and Burnley, then we're able to sort of go into the City game. It's not quite a free hit. You want to obviously stop them, a draw would be all right. But this Burnley game then becomes, becomes critical to these ambitions. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to win it. And I know all that stuff that... I was the same as Charlotte as well. You know, I was in the pub and I, all I could hear was loads of people having the same conversation going, yeah, but will he beat Burnley though? And like, and should, like and it's, it's, we shouldn't be having that conversation I in a sense. It should just be with another go new. And I felt like shaking them all and saying, just enjoy the Arsenal win a little bit first before you turn immediately to that. But loads of them were. But yeah, I mean we we have got to do, we have got to do it. And and like it kind of feels 
you've got to get out of this mindset, I think, and, and it's what it's what Klopp's been chipping away at all season about. You always refer it to what's come before. So I nearly just said then, and I'll say it now to show to prove the point. But when I think about Burnley and you're saying they haven't won away all season, I immediately think how many times have we heard that down the years? Like a sad shit, and they've never done this, and they've never won at Anfield in X number of years, and it almost feels like there's a script. That, that you've gone through so many times. But it's all bollocks, that, because it's a different manager. It's a different set of players. I think the Arsenal win's massive yeah. for them. I think the Arsenal win's absolutely massive for them. I think I think they can all look at each other in the eye now and say, see the way we played there, see the discipline we had. That's what we've got to do this time around. And all right, Burnley might not be very ambitious, but I think some of the things you can take into it are the decision-making thing, the discipline thing, about not just, you know, not Charlotte said before about when Liverpool do that thing about they get so far into a match and when it's not working, they just start launching crosses in. Don't do that. Stick to your principles. Stick to the way you've been playing and you'll be all right. Just just trust yourselves that it's going to come and keep it tight at the other end, for fuck's sake. And it'll be important if, I think, if Lovren, if Lovren's back, then we put him in because Andre Gray scares me anyway with his pace. And like what happened with Vardy, where Vardy was able to run in behind Lucas. Clavan, Clavan did play well, but he hasn't got the pace to run back like that. So if Lovren was back, I think I'd feel a bit more confident. I Yeah, I, you you know, it's, it's football supporter thing to be fatalistic. <laughs> and I think yeah. we are, Klopp made a really interesting point. He said... Um, he said, I noticed when we when we lost to Leicester, he goes, ah, that's the true face of Liverpool. He says, why, why wouldn't we beat... No, no, he gave the example. He said, when we beat Man City 1-0 at Christmas yeah. uh, and then drew with Sunderland two days later, people went, ah, 2-2, yeah, that's 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 Liverpool all through and through. So why didn't they say us beating City was the true face of Liverpool? And it is, it's that fatalistic belief that ultimately we don't deserve it, it won't happen for us. But that, but that, and the reason it happened, you're right, Gareth. It's it's a different, it's a different club, it's a different set of players, it's a different manager. But the culture, the culture is mm. still there. Just as we believe we were invincible for thirty years, we believe we are invincible. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, but it's also remembering that run of games. What they need to do is they need to make Leicester actually, since they have had that break and it's now, it's, it is now the running. They need to make Leicester look 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 like Burnley looked earlier in the season when it looked like an outlier, an aberration. Mm. Leicester needs to be made to look an aberration. It's very very important that that happens. The way in which you start doing that is by you know. You, you get the results against Burnley. Just want to end it, end it by asking you one thing. You're not allowed Sanchez. So Sanchez is ruled out. Which Arsenal player would you have? Of the ones who played? On the, in the form he's at since, since Christmas, I, I really like Welbeck. But then again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't because of his injury record and all sorts. But I really like Welbeck when he's, when he's good. I'm having Bellerin. You're having Bellerin? Yeah. Pacey right back? Yeah. You haven't? Yeah, I quite like Welbeck, even though he's a monk. Um, and... <laughs> I, I kind of think like he he'd be an Andy one for us to have around and on the bench and he, he he's one that I think performs well off coming off the bench, so he's a, he's different he's an option he's a bit I don't know he's a he's a mad player I think I I, I can't yeah. you know he, he I, I don't know how he gets past players sometimes I don't know how he scores the goals that he does sometimes he doesn't look I don't His know his movement's good and he's quick yeah but he you know do you know what I mean though about that he yeah, doesn't I know what you mean. Okay, he's weird. Him, anyway. I've Oxlade. not explained that very well, but Adam yeah. Oxley Chamberlain. Uh, I think that's a good shout. Good, good player, works really, really hard. Plays yeah, strong, like strong pace. He got num- plays a number of different positions. It's interesting. Whilst you've gone for a right back, none of you have gone for a centre half. And I will be reminding Rob Gutman between now and the end of the season that he didn't go for Petacek, and he's happy. He prefers Simon <laughs> Mignolet to Petacek. It was in my head. But you decided uh, them off, so I couldn't. Um, <laughs> huge. Couple of good saves from the Mick. Um, side that make plays well. I blame, I'm blaming you for that for our for the goal. Oh. I, I'm a bit. Nice I think one, he could have done better. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I think it's hard when it's above your shoulder. Uh, but I think Cavan could have got that as well. It could be a he bit goes bigger. Down he could be a bit. No, he, could be, he does go down a bit too, bit too quickly. Mm. Uh, but you know, let's get off the mix back for one week if we can, Rob. 
Starting off, off diving around at the best of times. Enjoy the week, all on enjoy his the back. week Simon. Enjoy, enjoy the week, Simon. Uh, listen, next week. It's his birthday, uh, though. Is it? Yeah. Happy birthday, Simon. Uh, happy birthday, Simon Mignolet. Uh, we'll dedicate this podcast to you. Um, and it was brought to you by the numbers. A huge thank you to Gareth Roberts, to uh, Robert Gutman, to Charlotte Campbell for coming in and having a chat with us on this Monday lunchtime. Liverpool go to Arsenal. Three of our goals, one of their goals. We do the business. The Reds move on, march on. Don't be scared of Burnley. That is the wrong mentality to have. I'll guarantee that for you right now. And that's the Anfield wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network.